Thank you for taking the time to listen to this life-changing message from the ministry of Faith Bible Chapel. We hope this message will encourage you in all parts of your life. At the end of this message, you will hear more information on how to contact our church family, as well as directions for you to visit us for any of our worship services. Until then, join us for the service in progress. We're continuing our series on rediscovering Christmas. And the reason why I titled it this way is because so often Christmas is just something we do. We go through it every year. We have the same traditions. nothing wrong with that. But sometimes we can lose the significance of Christmas. And the question is, what is God trying to say to us through the story of Jesus coming to this earth? Calling you by name, inviting you into his kingdom, bringing you into his family, pulling out the seat at his table and saying, have a seat, son, have a seat, daughter. This is for you. This is what Christmas is about. And so I'm going to be talking about something today that uh, it's something that a lot of people do not have. A lot of people aren't even aware they don't have it. But I want to talk to you today about rediscovering peace. The question is, if I was to take a poll today and ask you how many of you here are filled with a sense of anxiety, a sense of fear, a sense of worry, how many here, if I said, if you gauged maybe a year ago to where you are now, that your anxiety level, the tension, the, the, the rumblings, the pulsing of your soul has increased over the last couple years. So here's the question, where did your peace go? Because the whole message of Christmas is about you experiencing peace. And so we're going to go on a journey today, and I'm believing that God wants to help us rediscover our peace. Because we live in a, in a culture that confuses that of feeling good because everything is going good with, oh, that's true peace, and that's not true peace. The reality is true peace is with us when things aren't going the way we'd want them to go. But something in us says, man, but I know God is with me. Because the deep sense of peace in all of our lives today, it's a rare commodity. It's very rare. It's actually, though, what we're all looking for. But all I know is this, is that true peace, the only place it can be found is found and the, and, the, and the reality of it is in the message of Christmas. And so today we're going to talk about what it takes to find peace. You know, I talk to people all the time. There are a lot of people who are busy, a lot of people who are active, a lot of people who are uh, also stressed, a lot of people who are tired. I meet people, they have great dreams, they have great things that they feel like God's called them to do. But I will say this, it is really rare to find someone who has peace. With someone who's literally walking in peace. It's a rare quality, yet it's one of the reasons why we celebrate Christmas. Because, my friends, please hear me. Jesus came to give you peace. The sense that we feel in our worship this morning. I believe with Jesus whispering to your soul, I come to give you peace. We even find this being prophesied about the whole meaning of Christmas by a prophet. His name was Isaiah. And 700 years before Jesus ever came, he began telling this, the, these, the realities of what Christmas is about, of why Jesus came to this earth. 
It's why the God of the universe, the Father who created all, sent his Son to become one of us. And he begins to articulate in Isaiah chapter 9, and he says this, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful and Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And say this with me, Prince of Peace. At the very first Christmas, the angels appeared to shepherds, and they said this in Luke chapter 2. This, they said this, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, say this with me, peace, peace, and goodwill towards men. After Jesus was born and he began to minister at the age of 30, his whole ministry was about touching people's lives and giving them peace. Touching a woman's life who was caught in adultery and she was, her, her guts and her soul were ate up by shame and guilt. And people stood around her and getting ready to, to kill her and throw rocks at her until she died because she was a sinner. And Jesus restored peace to her. He told the, the religious people who were just out to prove somebody wrong, told them to get lost. And he said, and now... Where are your accusers? She looked around. Nobody was there. Jesus stood in front of her and he said, now go and sin no more. He restored peace to her. Jesus ministered. He'd come to people who were, who were possessed by demonic spirits. He'd speak over them. Peace, be delivered. And they would be set free and they'd get their lives back. He delivered. His whole ministry was the ministry of peace. When Jesus was preparing, after he ministered on earth to, to go to heaven, he was talking to his disciples. And listen to what he told them he was going to give them as a gift. John 14, 27, I'm leaving you with a gift. Now listen to this gift, peace of mind and of heart. Who could take a little bit of that today, huh? Be a little bit more peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. This world, the workings of this world, the values of this world, what the world offers you today cannot give you true peace. What the world gives, it, it isn't real. It's a, it's a counterfeit of peace. You think it gives you peace, but it's like a house of cards. And once the, the wind blows or once one of the cards is pulled out, all of a sudden it crumbles down. It doesn't last. It's not real. But Jesus said, the kind of peace that I give is what he says, nobody and nothing can give it to you. You can't buy it. You can't get it in a pill. You can't get it in an experience. You can spend all your money to try to achieve it. You can't find it in a book. You can't get it living in your dream location or living in your dream house or living in your dream um, subdivision or, or going on a dream vacation. The, the, you can't find it. there. The peace that you really need. The peace that you were dying to have today. Jesus says it only comes from me. As we come, I know, to the end of 2018, I know that a lot of us are tired. We're fatigued. <laughs> we're worn out. Maybe you've had a tough year. Maybe it's been a stressful year. I really believe that Jesus wants to give you peace before you leave this room today. 
He wants to meet you. He doesn't intend for you to go into the next year full of the stress and the worry and the anxiety and the, and, and the rumbling in your soul. You can't turn off at night and you can't turn it off in the morning. He wants to make you full of his peace. And there are three things that Jesus came to do. There are more than three, a lot more than three. But I want to look at three things that, of why he came to do. And actually, we all want these desperately in our lives. But it's important that we look at the peace that only Jesus can give us. The peace that only Jesus can give you today. The more I really have the privilege of interacting with more and more people, I realize that uh, we're a society that is ate up with stress. I mean, we are riddled with it. Performance mentality, anxiety, and worry, we're ate up with it. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, and parents, it's important for you to understand that, that um, they, I just read a study that said the average teenager today has the same amount of anxiety that a, um, a person in a psych ward in the 50s had. It's, it's the, the word, we are stretched. We were not created to be stretched the way that we are today. We were created to walk in peace. So I want to talk to you about the peace that only Jesus can give. And the first one is this, that he gives the peace between you and God. This is what Christmas is all about. This is why Jesus, as a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, this is what it's about. He came to give you peace between you and God. And this is what, what we're talking about for a moment. This is about spiritual peace. This is the most important thing because it affects every area of your life. It affects how, how you see life, how you see yourself. And all of us know that, well, listen, when you're, not in a, when you're not right or in sync in a relationship, when there's tension between husband and wife and boyfriend, girlfriend, with your kids, or someone else, nothing else matters. Everything, nothing, you can't find peace. When you have a strain on a, in a conflict in a relationship, it just robs you of your peace. It robs you of, of, of your joy. Nothing does that anymore than being out of sync with God. The Bible says the first thing Jesus came to do is to bring everything back into sync. To restore peace between you and God. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says this, he, meaning God, sent Christ to make peace between himself and us. This is why Jesus was born. This is the story that we celebrate every Christmas is that this is the beginning of God's heart and his passion and his love for you. That he sent his son Jesus to make peace between you and God. So why, why do we need this? Why is it that we need peace? Because all of us, Scripture says all of us have gone our own way. All of us have said, God, I, I'm good, I'll do it my own way. Even after we were saved. All of us on our spiritual journey, if I was to ask anyone in here, hey, listen, have you ever just done your own thing instead of obeying God since you've been saved? And all of us should raise our hand. And when you do that, you get out of sync with God. Or it, maybe it's something like this, God, I, I, I know... God, what you say to do, but I'm just not going to do that. I know that you say I shouldn't gossip, but I'm going to do it anyway. 
I know that the Bible says that, but I'm just going to ignore that. I'm going to make up my own rules. Lord, God, just for I'm going to be the Lord of my life so that I can do what I want to do. Then I'll come back. So when we disobey God, when we fight God, when we ignore what God says, the Bible calls that, it's an act of rebellion. If I tell my kids, hey, listen, do not eat these cookies. And they look at me square in the eye, I'm standing in the kitchen, these cookies. They're like, okay, don't eat them, okay. And I go to bed, and I wake up in the morning, and four cookies are missing. You know what that's called in my house? An act of rebellion. That's what that's called. <laughs> it's, it's, it was, they, they knew it. I talked to them. It registered. They did it anyway. And not only am I out of sync with them when I wake up, guess what? They're out of sync with me a little bit. Because they know I did it anyway. And this puts us at conflict of God when we just go around, we do our own thing. And we're, when we're at rebellion with God, there's no room for the peace of God. That's, that's, why, that's why many of us, we feel a million miles away from God. God, where are you? God, I, I just wish I could sense you. God, where have we gone our own way and done our own thing? God doesn't want you to live disconnected from him. You were created to know him, to love him, to be near him, to have peace with him, to be connected to him. This is what the Bible says in Romans 5 about what Jesus came to do. Since since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. We have peace with God because of what Jesus has done. You don't have peace with God because of what you do. Peace comes from what Jesus Christ did for you and what he did on the cross. This is what Christmas, this incredible message, that's what it's all about. Rediscovering the peace that you you desperately want and desire. As humans, we all realize that we we are out of whack. We're out of sync with God. And, and, And so then what happens is if we know that, we try to make our own way back to God. We think, okay, well, I'll do this. I'll read my Bible more. I'll pray more. And there's nothing wrong with doing more of that. But when you're doing that to make a a peace offering to God. See, God, I'm making peace with you. See, I'm making peace. And you do it through your own efforts. You're never going to find the peace that you're desiring. The Bible says you don't have to do that. You don't need to make a peace offering to God because God already did it. God already made a peace offering for you. Jesus offered himself. Jesus Christ died for us on the cross so that you can't have peace. And so now how do we th- how do I have peace then, Jason? You come back into alignment with what God has asked you to do and you do that. Through receiving what Jesus Christ has done for you. Receive God's forgiveness through his son Jesus. That's the first kind of peace. Is that between you and God. Second kind of peace is this. Peace on the inside. Now this is what a lot of us need today. You need peace. Jesus gives us peace on the inside. 
This is, this is what we'll call this, we call this emotional peace. A sense of, oh, it's going to be all right. And this is what the Bible talks about, peace on the inside. It's called this. It's called the peace of God. That things could be going crazy around you, but there's just this assurance. It's called the peace of God. I have to say one of the strongest times I remember the peace of God was um, Cheryl and I. It was during Y2K. Anyone else here freak out around Y2K? Okay, good. All right. And so we just thought this, we, we just been, we'd been married one year. And so we thought like two days before Y2K, the end of the world, the computer is breaking down and us going back to like slingshots and, you know, throwing rocks, I, who knows. And we thought, you know what, let's just be safe and let's go and let's get some water at the grocery store. Did anyone else do this? And you show up at the grocery store, guess what? No water. It was gone. And I was, I, I was overcome with like, oh, no, it is the end of the world. <laughs> I can laugh about it now. But in the aisle of the grocery store, I was like, oh, Jesus, help me. But all of a sudden, Cheryl and I both at the same time, we felt like this blanket of peace come over us. I was 20 years old. Yes, I got married when I was 20, 20 years old. And I felt this blanket of peace. And we looked at each other and we said, it's going to be all right. It was, it was supernatural peace. There have been others since then that God has met us with peace. When, when things we should not have had peace, we had the peace of God. It's peace on the inside. This is the one that makes us feel good, the one that gives me a sense of well-being. Colossians 3.15 says this. Let the peace, everybody say peace. Let the peace of Christ. So this must be something. Let the peace of Christ rule Where? In our hearts. It's inside of you. It's internal. It's emotional. Did you know that in the Bible, though, just so you're aware, there's over 790 verses about the peace of God. So in other words, no matter what you're going through, God has a promise for peace right where you are today. Whatever the promise is, he has a corresponding peace promise for you to hold on, for you to hold on to, for to calm you. For those of you who have a broken heart, Today, he gives you comforting peace. For those who are confused in your heart, today, through his son Jesus, he gives us guiding peace. For those who have a shamed heart and a guilty heart, he gives us forgiving peace. When you have a worried heart, today he offers you a confidence peace. A peace. You, you don't have to walk around worried, worried and fragile. If you got a physical problem today, our God through his son Jesus has a physical peace promise in Scripture. God says, I don't want you to worry. If you have a bitter problem, guess what? He, he, he says, I can give you forgiveness. I can help you to release people. So that there is peace inside of you. There's hundreds of kinds of peace that God says comes through his son Jesus. And that's all throughout the Bible. God says to you today that when you have peace with me, you then get the peace of me. When you have peace with me, you then have access to the peace of me. Peace between you and God, peace on the inside. And the third one is this, Jesus came to give peace with those around you. This is relational peace. 
The reality of relational peace, it's, it's just the further away we get from God, the more it messes up our relationships with everybody else. If you want to strengthen your marriage, devote some time to drawing near to God. It's, it's the triangle of relationship that you have God at the top, husband, wife here. And so you're, you're desperately wanting to be close to one another. You're desperately wanting to, to be able to understand. It, but it's just you can't do it. Well, here's, here's the key. Begin to draw near to the Father together. And as you do, you automatically draw closer. It's just how God designed it. Because if, if you really get close to God, if you draw closer to God, and your spouse is drawing closer to God, it pulls you closer to each other. It's, that is just what God has set into place. The more out of sync with God, the more out of sync you're going to be with other people. That's just the way it is. The further away you get from God, here, just hear me for a second, the crankier you're going to be. It's just the way God wired us. I'll tell you this, a person who claims to be walking close with God and is at odds with everyone in their life, they're not being honest with themselves. They're not. They're living in, in la-la land. The reason why Jesus came was to bring peace between us and his family. Ephesians 2.16 and this is Paul, he's talking about the Jews and Gentiles and how Christ is reconciled. But it says, together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility, look at that, hostility towards each other. This is real. There is hostility between each other. Hostility between in families. Hostility between husband and wife. Hostility in churches, believe it or not. But the whole point is our hostility toward each, each other was actually put to death. In other words, it's not God's plan. He offers peace. And this, this is one of the things I, I believe has been a strategy of the enemy in the church since the beginning of the church. Hostility. Because this really comes all down to what about, it's this question, what about me? And so out of, out of this, the hostility comes from people always worried about one person, me. Imagine in a family, you wake up in the morning, it's time for breakfast, mom's making bacon and eggs, and the son comes down and says, I don't want bacon and eggs, I want pancakes. Well, you know, we have bacon, no, what about me, mom? Sister comes downstairs, I don't want bacon and eggs. I don't want pancakes. I want biscuits. Well, no, I'm, we're not, no, what about me? And the dad comes out, I don't want any of it. I want tacos. <laughs> and so all the time the family's like, no, but what about me? What about me? What about me? They wake up in the morning, what about me? What about me? Guess what? That family... It's, it's they're never going to be at peace because God, God what, what's going to bring them peace? Everyone say, bacon and egg sounds good to me, Mom. That brings peace, unity. It's been a strategy of the enemy from the very beginning. The whole purpose, Jesus, the ruler of the church, his desire is to bring unity to the church. And many times we have this in it. Why? Because the question is, is very simple of why we have hostility. What about who? 
me. Jesus came to give peace in Faith Bible Chapel. Jesus came to bring unity in Faith Bible Chapel. That's why Jesus came. Not, not Jesus didn't die for this church, so die for your family. So you can fight about what's for breakfast, fight about what's happened, fight about what songs we do, fight about what. I mean, give me a break. Be a Christian and follow Jesus. Jesus came, he sent his son to be born in a manger so that you and I could have peace. So it's no longer about me, it's about what Jesus wants. The world that we live in, it's not getting more peaceful. It's getting more full of conflict, com- conflict and we see it happening all around us. But here's the the only way we're going to have peace is when we are unified as the children of God. That's it. When we have the Prince of Peace ruling and reigning in our lives, then we're going to have peace with each other. So how do you do that? How do you enjoy peace with God and and the peace of God and the peace with others and the peace inside? I just want to give you three keys to experiencing God's grace. The first one is this, and this is a big one, is this one. Be honest about your life. In other words, be honest about what's really going on. There's no true peace in a person's life that is dishonest about their life or they're dishonest about the way things really are. There's, it, you can't have peace there. Before you can experience peace in certain areas of your life, you just need to be honest about that area. And I'd love for God to do that in many of our lives today, that we just come to a moment of honesty and just see life and stuff and things and me just the way they are. I don't have to try to spin some story to try to make me feel better about myself, about my family. About the, I, I just, this is just who we are. A moment of honesty, it can transform you forever. It's an incredibly liberating Honesty helps you see who God really is, not, not who, who, who you want him to be or, or what, uh, the scriptures you remove and the things that you put in. And it, no, it helps us see God just that that's who God is. You're able to see yourself as you really are, a moment of honesty. It's not about what your parents said you were. It's not about what, what a boyfriend said you were. What, it's not about any of that. It's, it's just about a moment of honesty. This is just who I am. They're able to see other people as who they are. And, and you know what? I know I've been in conflict with them, and I know I have some unforgiveness towards them, but it's not their fault, really. I realize I contributed. Honesty allows us to see the real problems that are going on in our life. And you might think, man, all my life I've been battling this, and I've been fighting for this, and fighting for my name, and fighting for, to be right. And all of a sudden, you, in a moment of honesty, you see it all. And you realize, I just, I've been fighting for something I just haven't seen. I shouldn't even have been fighting for it. The Bible says that God helps us to see things the way they really are. It helps us to be honest about our lives. Ephesians 1.18 says this. It says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. He will flood your soul with light. What happens when, 
when the light of God comes in your heart. You see things. The things that are tucked away on the corners or in the closets, they're illuminated. And you can just see things the way they are. This is Jesus came to shed light in your soul so you don't have to live a false life and live this world and try to, try to spin all kinds of stuff and put the mask on and be something. No, 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 no. Just be honest and let the light of God flood your soul so you can understand what God's doing in your life. Our God-given destiny, my friends, will not be found in ignoring the things in our lives, but being honest about them and allowing God to meet us. That's, that's my passion. My heart is to see you fulfill God's given destiny and purpose, that you would, you would walk out why you were created, but you will never do that if you're not honest about just the way things are. It's also important for us to look at the other side of honesty. The other side of honesty is what's called denial. That's what that is. And here's some questions, that, and I'll just read them to you. Questions that reveal some areas of our lives that might be in denial. So here's question one. What are you pretending not to know about you? You just claim ignorance. I don't, but really you know it. What are you pretending is not a problem in your life? What are you pretending not to know about your marriage? What are you sweeping under the carpet? When you, when you are honest, when I'm honest, we can start walking towards our true peace. Honesty doesn't put the blame on everything and everyone else. Honesty, this is what it does. It reveals me. What I thought was true before now I see wasn't truth. Jesus actually speaks to this. In Luke 11, verse 35, he says this. Make sure that the light you think you have is not really darkness. Wow. Make sure that what you say is true and been camping on truth as far as perception in your life, your relationships with other people. Make sure that that's actually true. In other words, I think he's saying this. Make sure, because here's, all of us have, a, have an amazing ability to lie, lie to ourselves. We lie all the, all the time to ourselves. We can tell ourselves things are worse than the, what they really are, and we believe it. We can tell ourselves that things are better than they really are, and we believe it. We can tell ourselves lies that something is okay for me to do or something's okay for me to engage in. Just this once, it's no big deal. I've got it under control, whatever it may be. It's called denial. And until you're able to be honest, this isn't about all this, this whole teaching is about us coming to the place that we can receive the peace that Jesus has for you today. If you're able to be honest about your life, you'll experience true peace. And so many times we can live our entire life thinking we have peace until we actually experience peace and then we realize, I never had peace in the beginning, honesty helps us to see things the way they really are and that there's an actual better way to live than what I'm living right now. When I'm honest with God, when I'm honest with myself, when I'm honest with other people, the peace that only Jesus can give floods my soul and he begins to help me. We begin to see the purpose and understand this is what it means to have the prince of peace ruling and reigning in my life. Second key to experience in Jesus' Jesus' peace is number two, 
Humble yourself before the Lord. Here's it. God blesses humility. He, he runs to people who are humble. It's like he's waiting. His, his eyes are, are looking. Like, Man, I'm looking for a humble person. And if they call on me, I'm coming after them. James 4, 6 says this. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Grace is the power that God gives us through his son Jesus to have peace in your life. God opposes the prideful. It's like he stiff arms them in the forehead. Like boom. He's like, no, no. Because they cannot get any breakthrough until they realize they need the one that they're wanting to give them a breakthrough for. You you can't have breakthrough unless you realize I need breakthrough. You You can't have God unless you realize I need God. If I humble myself, I get his peace. Now listen, listen to this exchange. I exchange my anxiety. I exchange my worry. I, exa- I, I exchange all my doubts. I exchange, I give them to him out of an act of humility. And in response to me giving him all of my junk, he gives me the peace that I've been seeking for. That's the beauty of it. Definitely, we get the better end of the deal. Jesus gives us his peace. When we humble ourselves before God, we realize our peace hasn't come through griping to God. Has anyone here ever tried griping to God? (laughs) How'd that work for you? (laughs) After you were done, we were like, I'm so glad I did that. (laughs) I realize griping to God doesn't help. Complaining doesn't help. But actually, at the end of it, I, I feel worse. Than, I was talking to God, but I wasn't. I was just telling God. You, you know what this is? When we whine, when we complain to God, do, do, do you know what we're saying? And this sounds really harsh. This is what we're saying. God, don't you know who I am? Don't you know I don't deserve this? Don't you know I don't like this? This is what we're saying. What are you doing? You know what that is? It's an act of pride. This doesn't seem to move God. What touches his heart is humility. Lord, I need your help. Instead of praying, God, change the situation, change the situation, change the situation, humility says this, God, this situation has revealed areas of my maturity. Revealed areas of my mistrust in you. And God, I don't like what I see. Lord, can you help me? Lord, I need you. Lord, I don't deserve anything that you offer me, but I, because of your love, because I know you love me, can you meet me here and give me peace? That's humility. Humility says, I'm not God. And I don't even claim to be. I don't even try to put on a face. I just realize I need you, God. When you come to God in honesty and with humility, you know what he does? He gives you peace. That's what he does. That's why Jesus came, to give you peace. Number three. The third key is this. Receive the peace that Jesus offers. 
Receive that peace today. God has promises he is offering to you today. Promises of peace. He wants, he wants to give them to you. And this is, what our, our, this is our responsibility. We need to receive them. In other words, surrender. Let him into the areas of your life that, that you know you need him. Let him into the areas of your life that, that you've been resisting him. Let him into the areas, here's the other piece, the area of your life that you're afraid to shine that light on because once the light shines on there, you have to do something about it. Let him in. Jesus is the prince. <laughs> He's the prince of peace. He came to give peace in your life, goodwill towards you. And he said, I'm going to give you the gift of peace, not as the world gives, but I give it to you. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what you're dealing with. But I know all of us in this room, there are areas of anxiety and worry and emotions and feelings in our gut. And, oh, we're just, we're, eat up, we're ate up with stress. Jesus has something he needs to tell you today. I don't know what it is that you're going through, but I want you to hear. I, I really believe supernaturally this morning, God wants to give you peace. He wants to deposit peace inside of your heart. I'm going to read a scripture. I, I want you to, to hear it as, God, as Jesus speaking to you. I want you to imagine in your mind just for a moment, Jesus is standing right up here. He's looking you square in the face, eyeball to eyeball. And he knows you're weary. He knows you're tired. He knows you're empty. He knows that you don't have the answers. He knows that you need clarity. He knows all of that. And you are weighted down today. You are heavy today. I want you to listen. Listen to Jesus speak to your soul. This is what he says. He says, son, daughter, look, look at me. Look at me. Come to me. You are weary and you are burdened. Listen, come to me because I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Stop wearing the yoke that you, 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 you got on. You're trying to make it happen. You try, you're trying to be the man. You're trying to be the woman. You're trying to be God. Listen, take that off. And I want you to take my yoke upon you. And I want you to learn from me. Now Listen. Son, I'm gentle. Daughter, I'm gentle. And I'm humble in heart. Don't be afraid of me. Don't be afraid of what I'm going to expose in your life. Don't, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Listen, I know you were hurt in your past. Don't be afraid to let me in. I'm, I'm doing it with you. Don't be afraid to come to grips with your addiction. Listen, I know you're hurting. I, I know you never meant to be in the place you are now. Listen, it's, I'm here. Take my yoke. I'm gentle. I'm humble. And when you do that, listen, listen to Jesus speak to you today. You will find rest for your soul. For my yoke, it's easy, and my burden's light. 
Every one of us is overworked. Not on the outside, on the inside. Overworked mind, overworked tensions, overworked emotions. Our spirits are overworked. We're, we're just pulsing. We can't hardly even have a thought to ourselves. The rest that you need, regardless of what you think, what the world tells you, it's, it's not a week on the beach. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not what you need. You need rest from anxiety. You need rest from tension. You need rest from guilt. You need rest from fear. You need, you need rest from feeling like a failure. Moms, you need rest from, from, from always feeling like, man, I, I'm not a good enough mom and I don't measure up. And listen, Jesus, no, 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 come to me. I will give you peace. Wear my yoke. And, he, and, 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 and we're trying to give him our yoke, but we don't want it. We don't want to give you our yoke. This is our yoke. And I, I mean, I, I made my bed. I got to lay in it. And I, this is my yoke. And this is, this is, I'm so comfortable with this yoke. I, I, and Jesus, give it to me. And before you can receive his yoke, you need to take off your yoke and come to Jesus. Give him all your worries, all your feelings of inadequacies, all your feelings of not enoughs, all the feelings I'm just a failure, all the feelings of of the hidden sins that you've just been keeping in one area. Give him all. Because he says, my yoke... It's easy, and my burden is light. You don't need to escape somewhere. That's not what you need. The world says escape. Jesus says, no, I want you to come. Come to me. Come and find rest. Come just as you are. Come to me. And this is what Christmas is about. It's about the prince of peace that I believe the Lord wants to release to you today and comfort you and meet you and strengthen you because he's a good God. He's humble, he's gentle, he's kind, he's for you. He's just waiting for you to come to him. And this is the promise that if you'll come in humility, if you'll be honest about where you are in your life. If you'll receive and put your faith in him, if you'll take off your yoke and receive his yoke, this is the promise out of Isaiah. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Doesn't mean that they're perfect. Doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes. It doesn't mean you're not going to have moments of worry, anxiety, anxiety attacks, struggle with depression. It doesn't mean you're, you're going to be perfect. It just means this, that you will keep us in perfect peace. Even when things don't feel perfect, even when I feel empty, even when I don't know what to do, even when I feel overwhelmed, even all these things, all of a sudden, God, I humble myself and his peace is going to come. He's going to restore to you the joy of the beginning of your journey with him. He's going to bring back to you the sense of wholeness, the sense of peace, the sense of it's going to be all right. And that's what Jesus offers to you today. Will you 
receive it. We hope that this message has spoken something personal to you. If you would like more information about our church family or service times, please call us at 303-424-2121 or visit us at our website, www.fbci.org. Faith Bible Chapel currently meets in our Family Worship Center, located on the corner of 62nd Avenue and Ward Road.